0: Welcome to Orchard UMC's podcast. At Orchard, we endeavor to live into our mission of transforming the world by growing in faith, serving others, and sharing Jesus. The scripture for this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide you the way out so that you may be able to endure it. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Good things come to those who wait. It was meant to be. Time heals all wounds. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Hard work always pays off. Love means never to have having to say you're sorry. Money doesn't buy happiness. And age is just a number. I could go on and on, right? There's all these kinds of platitudes out there. They write books about these platitudes where you can get them, and every day there's a new inspirational word that's meant to uplift us and bring out our best selves. But I have to admit I struggle with those because I consider them only kind of part of the way true. For instance, age is just a number. All right, I'm 36 years old, right? My knees are like the knees of a 90-year-old. Try telling my knees that age is just a number. Or try telling my body that this morning when I woke up with plantar fasciitis and it was basically the worst thing ever, even worse than a man cold. It was terrible. I struggled. Well, anyways, there's another one. Hard work always pays off. Have you ever been at a job where you've worked really hard, you've put your best self into it, and, and someone else takes the credit for all the work you just did? Oh, gosh, that hard work didn't pay off there, did it? Oh. Or my favorite one, love means never having to say you're sorry. Okay, I've been married 15 years now, and I can promise you, I love my wife so much that I'm sorry is like my favorite words of the English language. <laughs> it gets me through anything. I love it. So the, these are all platitudes that offer us comfort, um, but the reality is they leave us confused, too, because... The reality is, nothing in this world is so cut and dry that simple words can fix things, simple sayings can fix things and make them better. And sometimes hearing these things make us feel like uh, we're unable to question things, right? You know, uh, when you hear these words, it makes you feel like you have to kind of ignore the feelings of hurt or pain you feel because, well, this platitude tells you everything's going to be all right, right? And this is where today's uh, today's saying comes in from Corinthians. Um, The saying is, um, God will never give you more than you can handle. Uh, It's one that we hear often, especially as we're going through tough times. Um, I've had one of those weeks myself. Uh, It started last week, and it's just been a really difficult time. Uh, My family's going through um, some issues. My sister is in the hospital, and she'll be in there for a couple months going through A series of uh, surgeries. Um, Her son is very ill and they're testing him um, for the possibility of cancer. Uh, My uncle passed away unexpectedly Friday morning in his early 50s. Um, It's been a difficult week and I remember thinking to myself as I was writing this sermon, as these things were happening, I thought about how I couldn't handle all of this. It was too much. And I do actually remember thinking to myself as I was writing things, you know, it's okay because God wouldn't give me more than I could handle in this moment. I said this to myself in a difficult time, and we all do this, right? We, we do this when we're hurting, or maybe when we've hurt someone else we say this. Um, and we say these things because we go, well, it's biblical, right? It's got to be true. It's, it's, it's biblical, so, before we dive into this, we have to ask the question about this saying is it biblical? Often, uh, this saying is attributed to the verse we just read. It's, uh, it's Paul saying, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and God will not let you be tested beyond your strength. Now, this is the line that's been transformed into the platitude we're talking about today that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And there's a really important thing you have to do right away when you're looking at this text, and it's called something, uh, we have to avoid doing something called proof texting. Now, if you don't know what that is, uh, there's a saying. Have you ever heard the saying, text without context is pretext? Proof testing is when you take a scripture out of context to fit your point. So, for instance, let's say I was really mad at one of you, and I wanted you to be miserable and unhappy And I was just annoyed that you smiled and laughed a lot. It got on my nerves. Well, so then I pull out my Bible, and I'm going to use this as a weapon. So I go to the book of James, and I go to James chapter 4, verse 9, and it says, Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Yes. It's biblical. James tells us to be miserable. Joy should be gloom. Laughter should be mourning. Deal with it. That's life. Yet that's not what James is actually saying here. James is really saying that in order for us to turn to God, we must not celebrate lives separate from God. We should mourn lives that are separate from God. True joy cannot be known without following God. That is what James is saying. And I believe we as Christians believe this. So see the danger if we proof text in how dangerous that could be? Turning back to Corinthians, Paul tells us that God is faithful and God will not let you be tested beyond your strength. And I believe one of the key words we hone in on is you. will not let you. It becomes a me-centric verse. It becomes all about me. But we have to look at the context of this because the language that Paul used then is very different than today. And we try our best to translate. We really do. But the reality is there is no language imaginable that can fully quantify the infiniteness of God. For instance, here we assume that Paul is talking about trials and hardships in our lives that are hard to handle, but this isn't the case here. See, Paul um, is addressing the Corinthians, and he's specifically speaking about adultery and sexual immorality. Now, as I've mentioned before when I've talked about Corinthians, Paul is talking about the church in Corinth at the time. Um, this, this area was a melting pot of faith because it was in a trading port area. It was a big hub of a town. And Paul was trying to encourage these people in the church to shift from pagan practices to Christian ones because too often the, what the church would do is it would be way too comfortable slipping back into what it already knew instead of what it needed to be. It was a challenge. It was a great challenge. But Paul was reminding them, Paul was saying, you can handle it, just as the children of Israel handled it earlier. So he's basically saying, look, remember when the children of Israel went through the exodus and they lost sight of their ways? You're not the first to be challenged, and you won't be the last. Your experience isn't unique. Everyone goes it. So already we're starting to see gaps in this statement. Already we're seeing that, it's not exactly what it appears to be. And the grammar of the phrase really throws it off if you look at it. I go back to that you statement. And there, Paul says you, right? And when we think of you, we think of it as singular, as in me. But that's not what Paul's saying. The, the you that Paul was using, if it was translated back to the original text, meant you, all of you. So... It's written in the plural. Paul is assuming that when you're going through difficult situations, you're not going to do it alone. Take the death of someone near and dear to you. You're certainly hurting in that situation. And there are people around you who are hurting. And it's hard to be a light in that time. And your light may be really dim. But when you're surrounded by others who are hurting and grieving and they have that dim light, all that dim light together makes a bright light. We come together in the midst of pain. We lift each other up no matter how dim it may be all of our light can combine paul was focused on the community he was focused on that church he wants us to recognize the holiness in the relationships we have and lean on that relationship and lean on that holiness to heal And this goes against everything our culture teaches us today, right? I mean, our culture encourages us to privatize things, to internalize, to tuck it down way deep. Individualize your pain and suffering, because that's just your pain and suffering. Don't burden anyone else with it. But Paul is saying you can't do it alone. You can't. You shouldn't do it alone. You need others and there's other biblical figures where this comes into play. Think about um, David, for instance. you know David, the, the little boy who slays Goliath, who was a servant of Saul, who rises to be the king of Israel and Judah. What a great king he was, but not really, because he stumbled and did some terrible things, didn't he? He killed his own friends so he could be with his wife. He forsook God. In the process, he turned himself over to human greed and he turned himself over to lust. He couldn't handle his own situation because he put himself above God and above the well-being of others around him. Or there's Judas even. How does the saying, God doesn't give you more than you can handle, how does that apply to Judas, right? Didn't he fall into greed and temptation leading him to betray the person he loved the most? Again, he placed his wisdom above God's. He tried to go it alone, and we know how that played out. So what is a biblical example that we can look at that's contrary to this, right? It may be controversial to think of it, but I think of Jesus not going it alone. I think of the pain of betrayal, the pain of torture, and the pain of crucifixion was more than Jesus could handle on his own. It was. I mean, if it wasn't, Why would he turn to his disciples the night before and break bread with them? Why would he pray with them? Why would he wash their feet? Why would he enter into this relationship with them? Why after his death would he go back to his disciples who had gone back to their life fishing and smile at them and and call them back to him? It was too much to handle alone. See, Paul's words are meant to bring us back from the sense of individualism. The church at that time took that saying of, in the gospel we are now free, and they just ran with it. They meant it's free of everything. I'm free to be me. I'm free to do my own thing. But Paul is saying that while the gospel frees us, it calls us to love one another and therefore please God. So this isn't about individualism. It isn't necessarily about our everyday challenges even, actually. There are the first uh, five lines of that platitude that... um, can be some of the most damaging and it's God will never give you Pastor Amy last week preached about God's will, right? Specifically, it's not God's will that bad things will happen to us. And I agree absolutely with that. When bad happens, it, it isn't because God is sitting there snapping uh, fingers uh, to make things happen. We live in a broken world. We live in a world where humanity continues to think it knows what's best. We live in a world where we continue to hurt each other, where we continue to categorize each other, where we continue to point fingers at each other. That is something that we do, not that God does. We do that. And I don't believe it's part of God's plan that we suffer or that we hurt or that we receive challenges that seem insurmountable. That isn't God's plan. It's part of the human experience. And through these times and in these times, God is there. In his book, Half Truths, uh, Adam Hamilton notes, the promise of Scripture is not that we won't go through hard times. What Scripture does promise is that at all times, good or bad, God wants to help, be our help in our strength. I believe, with every fiber of my being, that God wants nothing more than to take our hurt and our pain away. But God doesn't give or take away. God isn't some chess player moving the pieces around the board to make things happen. God is simply there loving us through all that we deal with. Through the ministry and life of Jesus Christ, we see that God loves each and every one of us so much that there is nothing that God wouldn't do. There is no lengths. Pain, death, suffering could not keep God from showing that love. So will God ever give us more than we can handle? Yes. And no. No. Well, it's complicated, right? No. Because God doesn't give us that. Because God desires us to have wholeness and life. God does not give or take. Yes, because there are times that are more than we can handle. Where we cry out to God for answers. Where we cry out to God in anger. Where we cry out to God in pain. Yes, because even in those times where it is more than we can bear, we trust that God will sustain us. And be with us. Because it's the Holy Spirit in us, working through us, that gives us strength to persevere and face the difficulties ahead. Yes, because the I can't handle anything alone. I will get more than I can handle if I believe it is just for me to handle. And no, because we're never alone. God is with us through friends, through family, and loved ones who support us in times that are more than we can handle. And yes, because God will help you handle all that you experience. It's so complicated, isn't it? There are situations that are going to be more than we can handle, and that's okay. Don't shame yourself about it. Don't draw inwards when you face trouble. Don't feel like that you should feel guilt towards God for that situation because God isn't keeping a scorecard of how you handle the situation. God is there loving you in the midst of those times. By all means, turn to Corinthians to find that comfort. That's what Paul is desiring here. He's desiring that so that you recognize a community of faith, of love, of God's grace that surrounds you, when you handle all that the human experience offers. And I will say, I am oddly grateful because there are things that are more in my life that I cannot handle. This week has been more than I can handle. But God is there, and I'm grateful because I'd be missing out on a piece of God if I didn't recognize that I couldn't handle this on my own. And I hope you recognize that in yourself as well. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have been enriched by the word proclaimed. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at ministry at orchardumc.org. You can find out more about Orchard by going to our website at www.orchardumc.org.